this bulletin, revamped scheme to strengthen GP care and improve long-term health outcomes for First Nations patients. The federal government has announced a $3.5 million fund to support LGBTQI plus organizations in the Asia-Pacific and thousands of Sri Lankan. Sri Lankans protest have, protesters have been dispersed by authorities during a mass protest in the city of Colombo. health scheme has been revamped in a bid to strengthening GP care for Indigenous Australians living with chronic health and mental health conditions. The Practice Incentives Program, Indigenous Health Initiative, has been updated and improved and will boost quality of care and outcomes for Indigenous patients. The PIPIHI pays medical practices to sign up to the program when a patient is registered and when certain patient outcomes are reached. Assistant Minister for Indigenous Australians, Senator Malandiri McCarthy, says we are strengthening Medicare and improving the incentives for general practices, Aboriginal medical services and Aboriginal community-controlled health services to work closely with chronically ill patients and achieve better results for them, their families and the community. One of the loudest voices in the campaign against an Indigenous voice to Parliament says he wants to be convinced to switch sides. Aboriginal businessman Warren Mundane is a key figure on the No campaign. The former Labour Party national president and Liberal candidate says he wants action on practical outcomes and economic development in Indigenous communities. He says he personally feels the voice to Parliament won't deliver that, but says he is good at switching sides and wants to hear the Yes campaign step up its case. The Yes campaign launched its week of action of community events last week, with the No campaign promising to do the same in the weeks ahead. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has announced a new national cyber security coordinator to prevent widespread data breaches of people's personal details. The government says their responsibilities will include preventing online attacks and leading a national cyber office. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill says having a coordinator in place earlier would have made a significant difference during last year's breaches of Optus and Medibank customer data. A discussion paper has also been released outlining a seven-year strategy aiming to be in place from next year. Foreign Minister Penny Wong has announced a $3.5 million equity fund aimed at supporting LGBTQI plus organizations within the Asia-Pacific region. The funding is directed at civil society groups and human rights defenders at both the grassroots level as well as international partners in an effort to reduce stigma and legal discrimination. An international report released last week by the Global Philanthropy Project and Equality Australia had been calling on Australia to step up its leadership in this space, urging for them to up that funding to $15 million per year. Equality Australia CEO Anna Brown said the move was a great first step in helping communities that have an acute need for support. Asia-Pacific is uh, one of the most underfunded regions in the world when it comes to LGBTIQ plus human rights. And yet the need is really great when you look at the human rights violations that our communities face uh, across countries in the region. There's 
really positive signs of progress, but there's also um, really acute issues faced in terms of social exclusion, homelessness, violence. At least 59 migrants have died after the boat they were travelling in crashed into rocks in rough seas and broke apart off Italy's southern coast. Dozens of bodies, including those of children, washed up on a beach in the village of Astecato di Cutro on the eastern coast of Calabria with more bodies retrieved from the water. Italy's coast guard says 81 people have been rescued from the shipwreck. Officials believe the boat set sail from Turkey several days ago with at least 120 migrants from many countries, including Afghanistan, and had been trying to reach Europe through the Mediterranean. The governor of the Calabria region, Roberto Cuto, addressed reporters on the beach. It is a day of grief for Calabria. This is a struggle that falls into a general indifference. Calabria is a region that welcomes people. Last year we welcomed 18,000 migrants, but we can't be abandoned by Europe. This type of tragedy should have been avoided yesterday and not lived how we are living it today and how we will live it tomorrow. Thousands of Sri Lankan protesters have been dispersed by local authorities during a mass protest in the city of Colombo. The protesters, most of whom are members of the National People's Power Party, demanded that local government election be held as scheduled next month. The Sri Lankan president, Ranil Wickremesinghe, refused to release funds to the election commission, saying that funds were available only for essential items due to the current economic crisis. The island, which is struggling with its worst financial crisis in more than seven decades, had planned to hold local government polls next month before being postponed. The leader of, of opposition party, the National People Power Party, Anora Kumara de Sanayaka, accused the president of corruption in his address to the crowd of protesters. He came to power with 133 votes from thieves, thugs, drug smugglers and criminals. Renil does not have the people's power or the people's mandate. Today, the people's power is with us. Early results are beginning to arrive in the troubled Nigerian elections, which have left many voters feeling disenfranchised after glitches prevented many from voting on Saturday. Official results from the southwestern Ekiti state show a victory for ruling party candidate Bola Tinubu in one of his political strongholds. Polls were due to close in the presidential and parliamentary elections on Saturday, but some booths remained open until Sunday due to technical issues and attacks on polling stations. Nigerian local Ignatia Satuli said that despite the issues, the act of voting yesterday had lifted his spirits. Yesterday it was a terrible thing, but today they have tried to remedy the situation. We have come, we have come to exercise our franchise, which is making us to be happy. And we can see that things are working normally, as it should be. Palestinian authorities have come under fire by Hamas for attempting to de-escalate tensions in the West Bank with the Israeli government. The meeting in Jordan brought together top Israeli and Palestinian security chiefs to prevent further violence following a number of clashes in the Palestinian West Bank.
Israel committed to stopping the authorization of any settler outposts in the occupied West Bank over the next six months. The Palestinian Authority also agreed to a joint proposal to end unilateral measures for a period of three to six months in an effort to bring calm to the region ahead of the coming Ramadan period. But Hamas has condemned the meeting with one spokesperson believing that the Palestinian Authority is collaborating with the enemy. It is the defeatist political and security meeting in Aqaba sponsored by America and attended by the Palestinian Authority. This meeting is being held while there are massacres and crimes committed by the Zionist occupation against our people, while the settlement activity in the West Bank and the Judaization of Jerusalem continue. Back home, hundreds of jet star passengers who were left stranded on the tarmac at Alice Springs Airport yesterday were reunited with their luggage today. Flight JQ-30 from Bangkok to Melbourne was stranded for several hours after the plane made an unexpected landing to treat a passenger who had fallen ill. The pilot then discovered an electrical fault forcing Jetstar to organize a replacement aircraft with no ability to process international passengers in Alice Springs. Some passengers reported being stuck on the plane for close to 14 hours, unable to leave with no food provided. Jetstar spokesperson Ingrid Huest acknowledged the delay for customers to ABC Radio. This was a unique and difficult situation where we needed to support a passenger that required urgent medical assistance and then work out the best way to get the remaining passengers on their way as quickly as possible given the unique situation of an international flight landing into a domestic airport. And to soccer in... uh Yesterday, Brisbane Roar has defeated Path Glory 2-1, giving new interim coach Nick Green the perfect start to his tenure. Roar's former coach Warren Moon was sacked last week after multiple poor performances. With a new playing style, with a new playing style on hand, the Roar came from a goal behind to record their first win in eight games. Green says he'll keep working to turn the club around with hopes of making the finals. The group's got it within them um, to win games, and obviously we want to we win, win more games. Um, we just looked at a couple of areas this week where we think we can improve, and it's been it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week for the group, the club. It happens in football, and it's you know, it's not nice. But the lads have actually like gathered really well together, and um, and really taken on board a lot of the stuff we've done, and we just tried to create an environment with the guys. But we're really really pleased with them. Yeah, buzzing for the win. In the other match, Adelaide United and Melbourne victory drew one all. And now a look at the weather around the country. Broome, mostly cloudy, 32. Perth, partly cloudy, 36. Adelaide, similar conditions, 26 degrees. Melbourne, showers easing, 20. Hobart, mostly cloudy, 19. Albury, Wodonga, sunny, 28. Canberra, partly cloudy, 29. Wollongong, a late shower, or 2, 25 degrees. Sydney, possible shower, 27. Newcastle, mostly sunny, 30. Brisbane, partly cloudy, 31. Townsville, cloudy, 29. Keynes, showers, 30 degrees. Alice Springs, sunny 36, Darwin, rain 29, and the Torres Strait Islands, light rain and a top of 28 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.